This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. They came here to his house and found him. He'd been dead for several days. My oldest brother called and told me. What did he say? <laughs> he just said, Carl's dead. As soon as he said, Carl's dead, I already know who did it. I knew it was her. She told us a story about how Brazil, basically they just don't extradite. She knew all she had to do was not get caught until she got to Brazil and she was home free. You're describing a cold-blooded... Premeditated. Well killer. thought out. Absolutely. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. Like, I don't think we thought it was going to take more than 10 years. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours. And this is my life of crime. How much would you do to get justice for your brother? This is the story of Paul Herrick. He's an Ohio man who spent more than a decade tracking down the killer of his brother. We begin in Newton Falls, Ohio, once the home of a local hero, Air Force Reserve's pilot, Major Carl Herrick. The way I've heard him described is fearless. Surgeon, is it? Yeah. By all accounts, Paul Herrig's brother, Carl, was extraordinary. He was handsome, tough, and truly fearless. He defied death countless times, flying C-130 cargo planes on nearly 200 combat missions to Iraq and Afghanistan. But in 2007, he was killed in his own home, shot twice in the back and then again in the head at close range. A decade later, Paul and their father, Ed, can't even talk about Carl without fighting back tears. I don't want to be seen on camera. Why not? Because I fall apart. What makes it so tough to accept is that Carl Herrig was ambushed by a woman, a woman he loved. Let's go back a bit to explain. To 2005, 
Carl had just gone through a divorce and was going on a steady string of dates. That's when he met Claudia Sobral online. Claudia was a Brazilian accountant and English teacher who had moved to the U.S. several years earlier, and she was beautiful. Carl was smitten. Within six months, they were married and living together. Paul says it was the women in the Herrig family who first sensed a serious problem. She seemed like she was friendly to the males more, and the females in the family basically said something's wrong. Something just doesn't seem right with her. When Carl wasn't flying for the Air Force Reserves, he worked as a pilot for Southwest Airlines, which meant Claudia was left home alone in rural Ohio, and she wasn't happy about it and insisted on buying a gun for protection. Carl's brother Paul thought it was crazy. She had lived in New York City and Newton Falls. Crime rate is substantially less than New York City's crime rate. So I just wasn't buying the story. A year after the wedding, the marriage was already falling apart. There were constant arguments and disagreements. And yet, Carl seemed unable to walk away says his close friend, Gary Dodge. He would say he's leaving, but then he'd find a reason to stay. And then he was leaving and then find a reason to stay. In early 2007, Claudia summoned the entire Herrick family to what she called an emergency meeting to complain about Carl's demands. It all seemed a little strange to Paul. He wanted her to help out with the house cleaning and the cooking, like a 50-50 split. And that just how, isn't how it was. And we were like, well, that's just part of being an adult. That's just what you do. And Carl was just sitting there, just shaking his head in disbelief. Then, just a month before Carl was killed, Claudia called her stepdaughter, Carl's adult daughter, out of the blue. She said, Eva, I'm just calling to tell you goodbye. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? She's like, that's all, just goodbye. Eva would learn that soon after they spoke, Claudia was in a single car accident. According to court records, she was driving under the influence. Was she telling you that she was going to take her life? That's what I could guess now. What appeared to be a suicide attempt landed Claudia in a psychiatric ward, and that caused Carl to rush to her side again, says his longtime friend, Chris Swiegan. When the suicide thing happened, it was, I think, her attempt to try to get him to stay. All these things are her attempt to try to get him to stay. But this time, it didn't work. In early March, Carl made plans to move out, running a small place nearby so Claudia could stay in their home. He wasn't going to leave her high and dry. I mean, he tried to help her. One of the last people to see Carl alive was his first wife, Rhonda. They had two children together, Eva and a son, Brent. He called to check on the kids and we'd end up on the phone for as long as they would let him stay on when he was, he was in Iraq. On March 10th, Carl, on assignment for Southwest Airlines, stopped off in North Carolina to see Rhonda and the kids. Before flying back to Ohio, Carl told her that his marriage to Claudia was over and that he planned to move out on March 12th. Did he seem sad about it? Yeah, he did. Make sure you call me when you get home. Okay, I will. And he didn't this time. He didn't. I was scared and I don't know why. That's the last time she or anyone else in the family heard from Carl. Two days later, 
he was scheduled to be at the military base for reserve duty. When he didn't show up for a flight, his friends began to worry. That would never happen. Has he ever missed a flight? No. I don't think so. <clears throat> no. He, would, he wouldn't have because that's, that's a big deal. When you don't show up, that's a big deal. When Gary Dodge couldn't reach Carl the next morning, he left a concerned voicemail. Hey, look, I don't know where you're at, but if I haven't heard from you in the next hour, I'm calling the police. And uh, I didn't hear from him. So he called police and arranged for Carl's father to let them inside when no one came to the door. At that point, I'm on the phone with the police officer, and uh, I heard his dad scream. So that's when I knew that, uh-oh, you know, something is definitely wrong. What went through your mind? Go to the next. <laughs> yeah, I, that was tough. Carl was dead, and Claudia had vanished. Chris Swiegan lays out what police thought had happened. She apparently went upstairs and got a, a weapon that he didn't know about and stood at the top of the stairs and shot him from there. Two bullets hit his back, one more in his head. You think she came down the steps and oh, shot no. him again? Yeah, point blank range, right, right in the head, execution style, right in the back of the head. Retracing Claudia's steps, investigators soon learned that two days before the shooting, she went to a gun shop and bought a 357 Magnum pistol. We took a similar weapon to a shooting range and got help from the same gun expert that Claudia used, Richard Slider. Don't yank, don't jerk, just slowly squeeze the trigger. Nice job. Wow. Slider remembers Claudia well. She never once acted like she needed my, you know, input. Pretty much had it down. Did she, she explain why she needed a gun this size? Just mainly for she wanted, you know, stopping power is what she wanted. When you pick up something like this, you ain't messing around. It's time to get serious. What's more, it appeared that Claudia put a lot of thought into her plan before she left the house. She set up what investigators described as a booby trap. The uh, pistol that she used to shoot my brother it was found in this closet. There was a string attached to the trigger and to the door so that whoever opened the door, the gun would go off and shoot him. Fortunately, the gun didn't fire. But before she left the house, investigators say Claudia covered her dead husband's body with a plastic tarp and then drove his car to Pittsburgh, some 80 miles away. And then she used his airline pass to fly free to New York City for her getaway, and then on to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Carl's friends were in shock. And she had already drained the bank account. I sent the money you know, to Brazil. This is a well-thought-out, well-planned execution that had been in the works for at least four or five months. No doubt in my mind. The purchase of a 357 Magnum revolver, the practice at a shooting range, the sudden flight to Brazil on the day Carl Herrig was shot to death. The evidence all pointed to Claudia. One month later, April 12, 2007, Claudia Herrig was charged with aggravated murder and a warrant was issued for her arrest. The problem was she was out of reach of American justice. She needs to be found guilty in a U.S. court and then spend her remaining days in prison. Here's the problem. In 2007, by law, 
Brazil refused to extradite any Brazilian citizen back to the U.S., especially to stand trial in a state where the death penalty exists. And Paul says initially the U.S. government didn't seem willing to push for it either. In my opinion, the State Department didn't really take much of an interest. They kept telling us at the beginning, you know, basically she's a Brazilian citizen and there's nothing you can do. But you don't say no to a guy like Dennis Watkins. He's the Trumbull County prosecuting attorney in Ohio, and he's been there since 1984. We are not going to give in. We will never give in. Watkins began the task of trying to get Claudia back to the States for trial. He wrote hundreds of letters to the State Department, the Justice Department, through two presidential administrations, but nothing seemed to work. It is frustrating because I don't have any control. Uh, the state of Ohio, under the Constitution of the United States, is not a party to international extradition. Brazil offered to try Claudia under their justice system, but Watkins rejected that idea. This case is going to be tried in the United States of America. The crime commit was committed here, all the witnesses are here, the prosecution is here. She's the one that left. She's the one that should come back. Watkins then turned to Capitol Hill. Carl's friend and fellow pilot, John Bocherry, won a congressional seat in 2008. Uh, I moved with a sense of urgency once I got to Washington to try and get this done. Bocherry joined forces with another Ohio congressman, Tim Ryan. But I'm offering this amendment on behalf of Major Carl Herrig. Ryan tried pushing legislation to punish Brazil for harboring a fugitive, but still no movement. It began to look like Claudia would be able to go on with her life in Brazil. And then in 2017, we began looking at the case. We, meaning a 48 hours team. We kept wondering about Claudia. She was a fugitive and had been on the run living in Brazil. 4,400 miles away for a decade. What had she been doing all that time? And what was she doing now? We're with CBS News. Would uh, would anyone want to talk a little bit about Claudia, who she is as a person? No, they said the ideal thing would be to talk to her lawyers. Did she live close to here? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. With the help of my translator, Renata Matarazzo, here's what we learned. Although Claudia was a fugitive from justice, she sure wasn't living like one. After she arrived in Brazil, she opened her own accounting business and even got married again. But while she moved on... We are not going to give in. We will never give in. Trumbull County Prosecutor Dennis Watkins, back in Ohio, was not moving on. He was determined to get Claudia Herrig back for trial. And when he did some digging, he came up with a plan. Claudia Herrig came to this country in 1989, became a naturalized American citizen 
1999. That changed her status under Brazilian law. Watkins discovered that long before Claudia met her husband, Carl, she had become an American citizen. And as part of that process, she had formally renounced any other citizenship. So Watkins argued that since Claudia was an American, Brazilian authorities had no reason to protect her anymore. And to just about everyone's surprise, in 2013, the Brazilian government agreed with him and ordered Claudia to be sent back to the U.S. It's a big story here? It's a big story. because Daniel uh, Mazub, a prominent attorney in Brazil, told us that Claudia's case has been groundbreaking. Right now is, um, it's a very controversial case. Um, it's the first time in Brazilian history that we're extraditing a Brazilian uh, national. You know, she chose to become an American. Automatically, she lost her Brazilian um, nationality. But Claudia wasn't going to go easily. She fought the ruling all the way to the Supreme Court of Brazil. In April 2016, that court also ruled against Claudia. And this time, Claudia Herrig was arrested and she was sent to a Brazilian women's prison. But in the Brazilian system of justice, it's never really over. Claudia's appeals could have gone on for years and Carl Herrig's brother, Paul, couldn't wait any longer. I would love to go to Brazil. You just let me know when and I'll be there. Paul Herrig, Carl's brother, had spent a decade working to get his former sister-in-law back to Ohio. So in the fall of 2017, he agreed to join our investigation. We flew him to Brazil, where he was hoping to push both the American and Brazilian authorities. Should be good. It's going to be harder for them to ignore me when we're face to face. Are you excited a bit? Why? Oh, I'm just eager to find out some answers to some questions that I've had for over 10 years. In Brazil, Paul Herrig was finally able to get a glimpse into the life Claudia had led there. Her business, her new husband, her middle-class life. It makes me mad to know that she was living such a comfortable life and, you know, my brother's dead. That's hard, isn't it? You're carrying him with you, even here to Brazil. Yeah. Paul came for answers, but the U.S. officials in Brazil, at least at first, stonewalled us, citing Claudia's privacy rights as an American citizen, even though Claudia herself was speaking publicly from prison to local reporters like Renata Verandas. How was she? Was she scared, nervous, uh, angry? Very scared, of course. She is in jail. Claudia spoke to Verandas during a television interview. Did you ask whether she actually shot him? Yes. And what did she say? She didn't answer this, this question. But did she deny it? Did she say, I didn't do it? She denied it. She denied it. Claudia said that Carl had been emotionally abusive during the marriage and she hinted at the defense she might use at trial. He treated me like a prostitute, she said. I wasn't treated like a wife. I wasn't given the right to be a mother. We asked Carl's ex-wife, Rhonda, about Claudia's claims. Do you believe in any way that 
Carl could have been emotionally abusive to Claudia. It doesn't sound like the Carl when I know. Carl was very loyal, very loving. He was kind. Claudia continued to lose in Brazilian courts, and yet the government still would not agree to put her on a plane back to the U.S. So what would it take? We went back to lawyer Daniel Mazou, this time with Paul Herrick. This is Paul Herrick. Nice to meet you. He has some questions for you. So she's done with the appeals. No, she's not done with the appeals. Um, there are other appeals that can be filed by her defense. So this could go on for quite some time. Definitely, unfortunately. It's kind of hard to take because we it really is. thought we were closing in on the end. Yeah, Brazil is a young democracy. Uh, we're coping with many challenges, many controversial cases. This is one of the controversial cases uh, we're dealing with. Uh, that's not an excuse, but it's a reality, unfortunately. Yeah. Is there anything the uh, U.S. Embassy could do to push this along? or um, The Embassy is, from, from what I've heard and from what I've uh, researched, the Embassy is working very hard and thoroughly. There was one other thing Paul wanted to do while he was in Brazil. He wanted to go to the women's prison and try to see Claudia face to face. Now there's a chance that you might see the woman that you believe killed your brother today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it? Just, I want to see her, verify where she's at, and see the uh, living conditions that she's in. On our way to the prison, Paul gave us surprising news. It seems like he was making some headway with officials, at least officials with the American sure Embassy in Brasilia. And this morning I checked my emails and they're willing to uh, meet with me today. This is terrific. Yeah, it's great. Paul didn't know it then, but his meeting with the U.S. officials would shake things up even more than he imagined. But first stop, that prison where Claudia is being held. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Thank you so much. Again, I'm with translator Renata Matarazzo. We meet with the director of the prison who reveals surprising, even shocking details of Claudia's life under arrest. For one thing, Claudia is allowed regular intimate visits with her current husband. How often does he come visit her? Does she know? Every week. Prisoners are confined to cells, but many are allowed out to work during the day. Even if she were convicted of something like murder, she would be allowed out during the day to work? Exatamente, a legislação brasileira. Exactly, the Brazilian law allows it. Prison sentences here are also far less restrictive than in the U.S., even for crimes like murder. Inmates face a maximum of 30 years, and they can reduce their prison time by working or even studying. It's hard to believe. 
It's all beginning to add up for Paul. It makes a lot more sense why she would like to stay here because she's trying to reduce her time in prison. And how do you feel about that? It's, it would not be fair and that would definitely would not be justice. And the director had one more shocker for us, a rumor that was running through the prison. Claudia is that worried about going back to the United States that other inmates think she might kill someone rather than go back to the United States, she'd kill someone here? Exactly. Inmates are worried that Claudia will do anything, even commit another murder, to avoid being sent to the U.S. So Claudia is being held in a cell by herself. She refuses to see or even speak to Paul. It's a big disappointment for him. But later that same day, he did have that private meeting with the U.S. State Department officials. He couldn't share exactly what was said, but he was clearly happy afterwards. I learned so much about the uh, legal system here, which gives me more reason not to want to have Claudia prosecuted here. So it was, it was well worth it. Paul returned home to Ohio, convinced that his trip to Brazil made a difference. And later, prosecutor Dennis Watkins told us it did. Paul's journey to Brazil put a face on the victim's family. Three weeks later, the Supreme Court officially denied Claudia Herrig's appeal to remain in the country. The only thing left now to extradite her? An order from the Brazilian president to put her on a plane. What are your thoughts that now there's just one person who has to make this decision? Hopeful, very hopeful. Two more months passed, and then, on a cold winter day in Ohio in early 2018. Phone rang, and it was Dennis Watkins on the other end, and he said, she's back, we've got her. The FBI. Claudia Herrick was now sitting in an Ohio jail. How did she get there? Dennis Watkins wouldn't divulge exact details. I get a call before Christmas, and it was from the Justice Department saying they're going to render her. It could happen anytime. I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. yeah. That had to be tough. Yeah, it is tough. U.S. Marshals flew to Brazil on a chartered jet the second Sunday in January and went to the Brazilian prison. Three days later, Claudia Herrick was returned to Ohio. Prosecutor Watkins' first call was to the Herrick family. I called his father first. And what did Ed say? He was almost in tears. You can, I could feel him, as I can feel him a lot. He's a very emotional, sensitive man. His son uh, and that family, as you know, are, are, are just salt of the earth folks. Two days later, Claudia walked into court for her arraignment. And for the first time in more than a decade, the Herrick family felt some relief. Claudia Herrig's bond was set at $10 million. Paul's mission to get justice for his brother now nearly completed. Paul, did you really think this day was going to occur? 
I did, but I didn't think it was going to happen so quickly. The going to Brazil with 48 hours made a huge difference in my opinion. I think it shed a light on the case and it got people to act more quickly. In January 2019, the now 54-year-old Claudia Herrig went on trial for murder. The jury reached a verdict in less than four hours. Guilty of aggravated murder. She is now serving a life sentence in an Ohio prison. And in a way, so is Carl Herrig's family and friends. They face a lifetime without him. He was funny, he was kind, he was considerate. There's nothing that can be said or done that's ever going to bring him back. Nothing but good memories. And I'm really, really just reminded of our last flight, that last encounter. We were flying into a setting sun, and he said, when I take my last flight into the setting sun and I look back over my shoulder, I hope the people who knew me were happy they did, and we are. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and that's my life of crime. A special thanks to the 48 Hours team, as well as my producers, Sam Egan, Alan Pang, and CBS Audio. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CBS Life of Crime. We'll see you next time. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.